Welcome to Pod for Teacher. I'm Aaron Fitzpatrick. And I am Nate Langelli. Unfortunately, we have to we have to go it alone without our without our compadre. So it's Kristen Milanovic. She probably is enjoying the break from us. And you as listeners, unfortunately, don't have her, you know, calming effect for your ears this time. Unfortunately. Like she she probably won't admit to you that that she she you know she's taken some time away to to avoid us, to avoid the pod. Yeah. We know we know what's what. Yeah. And I'm sure some of you do the same. And it's okay, you know. We, <laughs> we all need to. And I know maybe many people care. We do have new chairs in studio that are a lot more comfy for my backside. You sound comfier. Thank you. I thought <laughs> I thought I came across as a little chippier. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, When we were in school, nothing would warrant a harder eye roll than when our teachers would tell us about the way things were way back when. They were out of touch. We were cool. I am cool. (laughs) Debatable. (sighs) And a story. That was it. There's nothing they could tell us that we didn't already know. And we couldn't be convinced that our way of doing things, if we were in charge, would be vastly different. If we were teachers... We wouldn't teach that book, assign that homework assignment, or implement that policy. Stupid. Nope. We'd be the cool teachers. Our students would want to be like us. Thankful we weren't lame like their parents or their old teachers. Fast forward 20 years and here we are. Confident we'd be a lot closer to retirement age before we began sentences with, when I was in school back in the 1900s, now our students are the ones rolling their eyes when we tell them about the prehistoric world from which we came, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where the internet didn't exist. Wow. Cell phones were the size of bricks that only rich kids like Zach Morris had. And they have no idea who Zach Morris is. Not even That's a little okay. bit. That's all right. That we were listening to Green Day in the fourth grade before Post Malone was even born. And doing research for school entailed opening up those dust-collecting tomes called encyclopedias. Or like going through the card catalog. Ooh. Remember that? Way back in the day. That brings us to our central question. Are we out of touch? No, it's it's the children who are wrong. My favorite Simpsons meme. See, guys, we're not out of touch. We get meme culture. I, di- I digress. Yeah, I digress. Yeah, yeah. How about our actual essential question here, bud? How has education changed over the past 30 years? What would we consider to be the greatest innovations? And which aspects, if any, have devolved over time? Our answers to those questions and a look at some of the research, plus our conversation with someone, I assume, right, guys? Bum, bum, bum. We'll figure that out right here after this word from Macklemore. Told you we were in touch. It's Macklemore. Macklemore? Macklemore? Yeah. Either way, we'll be right back. Now look at where we at, still growing up. Still growing up. I will lay in my bed and dream about what I've become. Couldn't wait to get old. Welcome back. The good old days indeed. So, one of the most obvious changes we've seen in edumacation since we were but lads. We would say lasses, but alas, we are lasses-less. We are lasses-less-less-less. Anyway, is in the area of technology. And here's from an article that Purdue University put out titled The Evolution of Technology in the Classroom. It's going to be a lot of reading, but I think it's, it's a fun story time, if you will. Bum, 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 setting the scene. In the colonial years, it states, wooden paddles with printed lessons called horn books were used to assist students in learning verses. Over 200 years later, 1870, technology advanced to include the magic lantern. 
Sounds warlocky. A primitive version of a slide projector that projected images printed on glass plates. And by the time World War I ended, around 8,000 lantern slides were circulating through the Chicago public school system. By the time the chalkboard came around in 1890, we still actually have some in our room. Chalkboard. We absolutely, oh yeah. Some technology has stood the test of time. Followed by the pencil in 1900. My wife loves some good mechanical pencil. You know that? Point, point 0.5, not point 0.7 lead, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was clear that students were hungry for more advanced educational tools. Here we go. Radio in the 1920s sparked an entirely new wave of learning. On-air classes began popping up for any student within listening range. Next came the overhead projector in 1930, followed by the ballpoint pen in 1940 and headphones in 1950. Videotapes arrived on the scene in 51, creating a new and exciting method of instruction. The Skinner teaching machine. Eek. Sounds... Anyway, (laughs) produced a combined system of teaching and testing, providing reinforcement for correct answers so that the student can move on to the next lesson. Is that the same Skinner we learn about in psychology, Mr. Langelli? BF Skinner? BF Skinner. Um, I'll say yes, but that could be false. I also believe uh, Dr. Brian Morgo has some sort of connection to BF Skinner. I don't know if uh, he's... That wouldn't surprise me. Didn't he tell us one time that he was like a grad student for... There's no way. How old is this guy? (laughs) I don't. Okay, should we Google? Google? We'll Google it later. All right. Yeah. The photocopier 59, handheld calculator 72 entered the classroom's next, allowing for mass production of material on the fly and quick mathematical calculations. Scantron, there you go, introduced by Michael, how would you pronounce that name? Sokolsky. Sokolsky in 72. <laughs> Allowed educators to grade tests more quickly and efficiently. When I was a student teaching, I actually used a Scantron machine. You ever use one of those? Never. I've taken many a I, test on, on I, them. But. It's very interesting to be able to, you know, zip yeah. them right through. <clears throat> Toshiba released mass market consumer laptops in 90, excuse me, 85, and Apple's infamous Mac, which later evolved into the PowerBook, was available starting in 84. I know we got a lot. We're just running through all this. Yeah. 1990, the World Wide Web was given life when British researcher developed hypertext markup language, or HTML. I never knew what that stood for before, and you know what? I never cared to, but now people, <laughs> now you know. When the National Science Foundation removed restrictions on the commercial use of the Internet. In 1993, didn't Al Gore invent the internet? I heard that. The world exploded into a frenzy of newfound research and communication methods. Here we go. The first personal personal digital assistance PDAs were released by Apple Computer in 93. And with that, computers were part of every day, if not every moment. PDAs are personal digital assistance. Yeah. Interesting. Not not the PDA that we're used to seeing in school today. Affection. Very, very... Different. Which sometimes people accuse me of doing with you, but who would who would I accuse you of such a thing? I don't know. By 2009, 97, here we go. Now, now we're getting into the wheels. That was a big history lesson there. Hopefully you didn't zone out. Uh, by 2009, 97% of classrooms had one or more computers, and 93% of classroom computers had internet access. For every five students, there was one computer. Instructors stated that 40% of students use computers often in their educational methods, in addition to interactive whiteboards and digital cameras, college students nowadays are rarely without some form of computer technology. 83% own a laptop and over 50% have a smartphone. All that to say, what are your thoughts? We've come a long way since the magic lantern, projecting images through stained glass or whatever, to today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of this stuff definitely... I, I, I never... I guess never really try to put a date to any of these things, like how long ago some of these things were, were developed because whenever we were in school, some of it still seemed like 
I don't want to say cutting edge, but you know, but it was what we were used to. So you, you never thought something you were doing that you were learning to grow and adapt to the new generation that you were doing something that was so, so uh, old school, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think the back in my day, see, back in my day, mm. I was, there are a lot of overhead projectors being used. Oh yeah. yeah that, was, yep. that was a big thing. The TV cart wheeled in every once in a while to play a, a VHS in the VCR. Nothing was more exciting than the day that the TV cart was in the room <laughs> when you walked in. Your, your excitement level rose rapidly. Yeah, if, even if you were just about ready to watch a, a documentary on like the ancient Mayans or something <laughs> like that that maybe didn't pique your interest at the time, it was still not reading, writing, and... And I, I remember, too, helping out teachers. I, I don't know if you ever did this. I remember washing off those overhead sheets, you know, like they'd write mm-hmm. on them and you have to go to the sink, wash them off, dry them off or, you know, pounding the erasers together to get the chalk out of them. And things oh yeah. Like that. Yeah. Just, just as soon as you said that, I got that smell and that taste <laughs> in my mouth. You You're know? not supposed to eat it. You, you can't, you there's no way around that cloud of chalk dust without getting some in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that was a uh, very interesting because I guess we are kind of old, but it's not in the grand scheme of things, not that long ago, but things have changed a lot. Since then, would you do you feel like things have changed much more rapidly in the time since we were students than they did the entire time that we were in school? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I would agree. I, with that. I, I think absolutely. so too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the article continues, and this is the shorter part, so I won't try and bore you too much. So, with the classroom having already evolved into a hotbed of technological advances, what can the future possibly hold that could further educational proficiencies even more? One, ooh, fancy word, biometrics. A technology that recognizes people based on certain physical or behavioral traits is on the technological horizon. The science will be used to recognize the physical and emotional disposition of students in the classroom, altering course material to tailor to each individual's needs based on biometric signals. In my head, a mood ring just popped into my head. I'm like, except a more uh, beneficial thing than just a mood (laughs) ring. Like, oh, you're looking a little happier today than usual. What Mm -hmm. kind of chemical firings are going on in your brain? The synapses. A second up-and-coming technology is augmented reality glasses. Uh, our daughter has like one of the, these things. You get a little put a phone in there, and she wears it, and it feels like she's like swimming with sharks, or like sure. around the public, look all around. It's like it's pretty neat. We, we, like, we even started, and I know you saw this, but we we've even incorporated augmented reality in our yearbooks now. So you can put a, a trigger image in the book somewhere where if you have the right application or whatever, you hold that over that trigger image, and it can display. Uh, video it can display a um, you know like a series of images and things like that it can, it can do other things and uh, it, it's crazy you know what I mean like it's, it's something that basically it's like you have a 200 page published book but then it's it can be so much more than that once it connects to these other issues and and does your publication do that mr. Fitzpatrick is that, is that what you're saying like, oh yeah it's, it's a nice plug for our schools you're booking anybody around can anybody purchase one of those or anybody actually actually <laughs> oh. for ten dollars off the irregular price up until <laughs> january 1st uh you know shawneeyearbook.com you're welcome you're welcome so anyway <laughs> ar glasses rumored to be on google's release list and this technology could be a whole new world for education and i have heard different classrooms are using these AR glasses or even contact oh, contact lenses oh, will layer data on top of what we naturally see. Now we're talking to allow for a real-world learning experience. For example, a student wearing AR glasses could potentially sit at his desk and have a conversation with Thomas Edison about invention. I don't know. That could be kind of creepy. Like, are people just t- watching you talk to people that aren't really there? 
we may be having a creeper over our shoulders right now. Yeah, like it kind of had like a Jurassic Park vibe there with the uh, <laughs> the boss walking by and peeking in the window. <laughs> Anywho, wow, okay. it was Edison after all who said that books will soon be obsolete in schools. Scholars will soon be instructed through the eye. Is that Thomas Edison, the current you know Department of Education uh, chairperson, secretary? I don't think so. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. No, I, I, I'm thinking not. This is the same guy <laughs> that developed technology in the early 1900s, <laughs> and he foresaw the the goings away of books back then. Um, so first was biometric, second was the AR glasses, and the last one here they say multi-touch surfaces are commonly used through equipment such as the iPhone, but the technology could become more relevant to education through entirely multi-touch surfaces such as desks or workstations. This could allow students to collaborate with other students, even those around the world, and videos and other virtual tools could be streamed directly to the surface. So that'd be a whole other way of doing it, not just visually, but like manipulating things, touching, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Some people might be creeped out by it perhaps. Potentially. <laughs> um, so, but what do you think here? The continued development of technology has obviously impacted education, you know, inside and outside of the classroom. So how are some schools or us, other ones that you come in contact with, what do you think they're doing to utilize resources to avoid lost instructional time? What are okay. some good practices? What do you think? Well, this isn't something, obviously, that would impact everybody across the country. But as Pennsylvanians, for example, we've seen our share of cold and snow days over the years. Um, so while an unexpected two-hour delay or cancellation can be an occasional pleasant surprise when braving the elements to get to work might be less than ideal, it can also really throw off your instructional plans and ultimately impact your students. That's just one reason behind a new growing movement. Um, Edutopia put out an article titled The Beginning of the End of Snow Days. It states, um, a flurry of recent articles brings home yet one more way that technology is changing education. In districts across the country, snow days, those giddily unexpected days off. I love Can that Can you say word. that again? Giddily. You, get, you have to say it like that sort of, right? Uh, are becoming relics of the past. Beginning in, on December 1st, uh, which, so it's already begun. For example, <laughs> the schools around Camden, Maine will replace two snow days per year with so-called remote snow days when students will no, come. Remote school days. Hmm? I don't know. School days. So-called remote school days? Yeah. You said remote snow days. I just wanted to. Oh, sorry. I, I'd just like to correct you when you're wrong because it doesn't happen too often. Leave it in. Um, <laughs> when, when students will complete coursework at home using internet-connected devices. Um, that's something we've heard mm -hmm. as a growing trend that's not just as far away as Maine for us. Um, you know, I know uh, my high school in particular has been doing this now for a few years, um, and they've been they're talking about doing it even closer to home here, and it's something that, that our district, I've, I've heard, we're in preliminary discussions, like testing the waters to see is it feasible. Yep. I would agree. Um, given that many employers around the country have been implementing work-from-home policies in recent years, it was probably inevitable that the idea would spread to schools. And for schools, there's the logic of the initial investment. If they spent money acquiring devices for every student, as many have done, including ours, there's a strong argument to be made that they should maximize the utility of those devices. Part of the rationale for buying them is to expand students' opportunities for learning. Still, snow days have history. And nostalgia on their side. It's whimsical nostalgia. Yeah. When I was a young boy, the snow days were so... <laughs> uh, anywho, so why the growing consensus around replacing them? So a lot of people are you know, kind of supporting it. The large, excuse me, the answer largely comes down to the complex demands of school scheduling and concerns about the effects of disruption on learning. 
in the winter of 2016-17 school year. For example, over there in Portland, Oregon, they lost nine days of school in December and January, enough that between snow days and the planned holiday break, students attended school on just 11 of the 30 weekdays in one stretch. All that snow, some Oregon schools lost 14 days, was later considered a factor in students' uh, poor showing in reading, writing, and math on state-mandated tests in the spring. What a strange correlation. You're saying when they're not in school, they're not learning things? Some may argue that when they're in my classes, they're not learning things either way. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Touche. But, but I mean, it shouldn't shock people if that's true, right? You're not in school. You're not learning for long stretches of time. And boom, you know, you're just not going to retain or deal with or work with the material as long. So you're not going to perform as well. It's like riding a bike. Can you ride a bike? I haven't in a long time. I hope I wonder if I still could. I probably could. I'm fairly coordinated. During during the summer, there's the, a pool we belong to down the end of our. We ride our bikes down there and back. And yeah. I haven't fallen yet. Good. Is that a fun story? That's great. I hope you listeners enjoyed it as well. <laughs> and looking at our state of Pennsylvania, the York Daily uh, Record says that this about snow days. Snow days might be over. Dun, dun, dun. For students in some school districts in Pennsylvania, Governor Tom Wolf signed a bill this week. I'm not sure what week that was. It was this week. That will allow school districts to use flexible instructional days if school has to be closed for inclement weather, emergencies, or other reasons. They have been called, here it is, cyber snow days. A little bit of alliteration there, wouldn't you say? (laughs) While online learning on such days would be one option, an internet connection isn't required. There are also take-home assignments for when there's enough heads up for teachers and students to plan ahead. When snow is forecast, for example. Uh, I, I kind of question that one. Like, oh, we're going to get a lot of snow next, like in three days, so plan ahead. I guess you can kind of have that in the back burner. Maybe you have something ready to go. I guess. I mean, but, that'd be just as difficult, I think, is calling a delay or a snow day in general. It's like, you, you know, sometimes yeah. you do it for, like, prediction purposes and, you know, like, well, it's better safe than sorry. And then it almost seems like, uh, you know, those people get beat up one way or another. It's like, well, it wasn't even cold out that day or well, it didn't snow enough that day, you know. But if it had and they didn't call it off, you know, I, mm-hmm. I definitely – do not get uh, that's that's above my my level, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Districts will be able to use up to five flexible instructional days each school year, according to a news release. It will be up to the districts to decide whether to apply to the Pennsylvania Department of Education to have the option to use flexible instructional days. Districts will need to reapply for the option every three years. So, a a Ron, yes, sir. You could give thoughts on the topic of cyber snow days or a little bit of background as well. Personal experience with snow days as a, as a youngster, you know, back in the day, your day, my day. I definitely, I mean, th- there was nothing to lose when you, when you were a kid. You know, the snow day, I, you know, the, the delay in the snow day like, were the two most exciting, two of the most exciting things that could ever <laughs> happen in school. It was right up there, probably just a little bit higher than the TV on the court, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> just absolutely. a little bit because you're out of school. Um, and, and, you know, there was, there was so much you could do with your day off, right? Um, and I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't a little bit of, you know, hey, you know, I have a day off now, you know, occasionally when that would happen. Um, or even the delay. The delay, I think, uh, sleeping in is always nice. We have, no one's going to disagree with that. However, like my, if, my daughters are, are at the age where they don't do that, though. They're like, well, uh, we're still up. That's true. That's a good point. But it's still a good day to spend, too. Then. Sure, you have more time, time to spend with yeah, family yeah, yeah. or getting stuff done around the house or whatever. I don't do that either. No. <laughs> More time for Amy to get exactly. stuff yes, yes, done around yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you, Amy. Without you, he might not even be here to record this pod. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, like, I mean, there was excitement there. Now it's like, okay, the day off is sort of nice, but when you plan out your curriculum, your lesson plans, and you have activities and, you know, your, your schedule shifts back and forth, it does complicate things. So mm-hmm. where there might be a little bit of enjoyment in that, um, like, ultimately, like it, you still got to pay it back. You know, it, it still comes back around full circle. So... Um, yeah. I love the idea. I, I, yeah. I, I do like the idea of the cyber snow day. I mean, we are using, you know, here we're, we're fortunate enough to have the one-to-one program where, our, you know, our students have the technology. We have the technology. Um, fewer teachers are printing things out and, and relying solely on, you know, old, old tech like that. And so I think a lot of, a lot of us would feel comfortable in that format and, um, you know, to be able to pick right back up where you left off without losing anything on a day, a, a, an unexpected day off, I think would be would be fantastic. Now, would it have its drawbacks? Sure, it would. I'm, I'm sure there are things. You know, I know some, uh, you know, teachers that use more, you know, like traditional methods of instruction mm-hmm. um, yeah. that, that might be a little bit like that would add work to their plate to try to figure out a way to get some of that stuff online. But um, I think it's a challenge that uh, we're going to get closer and closer to, and I think it's something that that'll probably be common, like way more commonplace as the years go on. Right, and I think one area, even though people might not be happy with having school on a snow day, if you will, you know, like your traditional snow day. As the year goes on, maybe they're going to be happy that we don't have to be in school longer because sometimes school years can get extended. If there's so many snow days, you know how that works. Like you need to make up the days, things get pushed back. You know, you have to make up this instructional time, obviously teachers and like, you know, those sort of things. So I think in the long run it could be beneficial. But if I was a student, I don't know if I'd be happy about it. Oh, no. As, as a student, I'd be, I, I would, I'd be very unhappy about it, thinking like, well, you know, so much for my day off. But, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you could do your homework in your PJs. Or, I mean, a lot of students come to school in PJs anyway, don't they? Also, uh, good point. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we've certainly seen our share of reform since we were students. And the nature of the industry is one of change. After all, how can we best prepare our students for the world they're about to enter and ultimately shape if we don't adapt to the times and their needs? So, Mr. Fitzpatrick, what can we expect in the future of education? Nathaniel, I am so glad you asked. <laughs> oh, you're so excited. Buckle up. If I had a buckle, I would. Your new chair doesn't have a buckle? <laughs> no, it's yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Christian, you really, you really hyped this up a lot. You better deliver the goods now. <laughs> uh, maybe even in post, I'll have to insert the seat buckle. Uh, <laughs> seat buckle click, sound. Yeah. Um, Christian Henry of eLearningIndustry.com believes that there are nine things that will shape the future of education as he makes some predictions for what learning will look like in 20 years. And I, I'll just stop you right there. I appreciate that he listed nine because mm-hmm. some people are like, it's got to be five or ten. I was like, why? No, you can go with seven. You can go with nine. I'm one of those five and ten guys. I, I, like, I don't, it's, Mr. OCD over there doesn't surprise right? me. Look at the shock in my face. I mean, I, I wish I wasn't like – why am I like <laughs> this? I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, anyways. Christian, oh, it's Henny, sorry. Christian Henny, not Christian Henry. Um, his list of nine I'm things. I'm not sure he's listening. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Christian, if you're listening. Apologies. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> with the development of e-learning tools, students will have more opportunities to learn at different times in different places. The flipped classroom, which I know you use, Mr. Langelli. Yeah, to an extent, um, yes, yes, yes. Trend to Try. grow. Mm-hmm. Meaning, uh, meaning theoretical learning will largely take place outside the classroom, while the practical or guided part requiring interaction will be face-to-face. Um, what's, what, how's your uh, implementation of that method been so mm-hmm. far? I've been using it for a while. For me, for my class, I primarily do the 
the lecturing part I do outside, like the notes and the videos that I make, kids can watch that at home and answer questions along with that. And then in class, we you know, go over that and do more other project-based things or more discussion-based. Or um, So for me, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, lecturing is not my strong suit, and so I think for kids, they can gather that information on their own, and then we can kind of run with it a little different um, you know, during our time together. So I appreciate it. Sure. I, the students haven't had too many complaints about it. They seem to be rolling with it pretty well. I've been doing it for well. Guess more than a few years now. I'm getting old, but back in my day. Wow. <laughs> Episode title. But um, Amy inspired me. She does with her class. But see all those props we're giving her, and she probably won't listen to this. I'll have to say, hey, listen to this episode. You're getting a lot of, a lot of uh, positive. Well, comments you'll, being made. You'll have to let her know which which minute and second uh, combo to fast okay. forward. To. All right, <laughs> we can do, we can do that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually I, I've been kind of slowly but surely trying to implement more of that in my my own room, uh, my own classroom, especially uh, my my media classes because they're mo- they're largely production based. So, um, if the learning can take place outside of the classroom, the production can take mm-hmm. place inside the classroom without missing a beat and. Um, like just finding the time that there's one of the drawbacks, finding the time to create those videos right. and that content. Sure, that, sure. That's that's uh, that's a little bit tough, but uh, but I think depending on um, the kind of learning you want your kids to do and what how you want to spend your class time, it might be something to look into. And I would say this, adding to the technology, this is not just a plug for Google, but if you are listening, we'll take any you know kickbacks you want to give our way. But we use Google Classroom, you know, in our district, mm-hmm. and I think just the integration of that with these different tools that are out there, I think it's been working pretty well. Sure. Um, all right. Uh, number two, students will learn with study tools that adapt to the capabilities of a student. This means above average students shall be challenged with harder tasks and questions when a certain level is achieved. Students who experience difficulties with a subject will get the opportunity to practice more until they reach the required level. Number three, students will be able to modify their learning process with tools they feel are necessary for them. Students will learn with different devices, different programs and techniques based on their own preference. Um, and I know that that bring your own device situation is a policy in certain schools, not here, but, um, you know, like to, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, as careers are adapting to the future freelance economy, students of today will adapt to project-based learning and working. Hey, that sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Um, this means they have to learn how to apply their skills in shorter terms to a variety of situations. And that is, and, you know, a, a lot of schools have moved to that. We have, and it's something that uh, we feel really relates to the real world. You know, you're, sure. you're working on projects regardless of, uh, you know, what industry you're yeah, in. any you field know. almost. Yeah. Right. That, that take a while to, to kind of uh, unpack and then get into. Um, so, so there you go. Um, lost track of what number I'm on, but let's keep rolling with it. It's five. Okay, yes. we got we got some Roman numerals going on here, and I, it's not and it's not number five. I know how to read the Roman. Oh, that is number five. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to threw shame off by the lowercase letter. I yeah. don't want to shame you. But, yeah. <laughs> v experience in <laughs> experience in the field will be emphasized within courses. Schools will provide more opportunities for students to obtain real world skills that are representative to their jobs. This means curricula will create more room for students to fulfill internships, mentoring projects, and collaboration projects. Did you find? Did you sound kind of uh, I don't know, pretentious saying the word curricula? It is the proper word. It is like academia, like, right? I don't yeah. know. Anytime or naivete, <laughs> right? There are there are words like that, that, that exist that to use a term or even sometimes like to speak uh, in sentences that are grammatically sound. Sometimes do give off, you know, like people just don't speak like that. And, you know, in, in, in modern day, and it, does that mean that they're, you know, uh, 
you know, less educated or no, 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 not at all. It's just like people learn to speak casually we, and they don't right. want to make anyone feel. <laughs> we are just talking about inferior. this the other day. I believe the proper pronunciation is like a hero or something like that, but gyro, I'm going to say gyro. Oh, I'm yeah. not gonna, I don't want to, anyway. Sure. Um, you can, you can judge me for saying gyro, my, our lovely listeners, if you want to. <laughs> Uh, number six, computers will soon take or care. VI, VI, if you're if you're keeping score <laughs> at home, um, will soon take care of every statistical analysis and describe and analyze data and predict future trends. Therefore, the human interpretation of these data points uh, will become a much more important part of the future curricula. Curricula. Oh boy. Applying the theoretical knowledge to numbers and using human reasoning to infer logic and trends from these data will become a fundamental new aspect of this literacy. Um, number seven, as courseware platforms will assess students' capabilities at each step, measuring their competencies through Q&A might become irrelevant or might not suffice. Many argue that exams are now designed in such a way that students cram their materials and forget the next day. It sounds pretty accurate sometimes. I do that often. I mean, no, no, I don't. Never mind. <laughs> um, educators worry that exams might not validly measure what students should be capable of when they enter their first job. As the factual knowledge of a student can be measured during their learning process, the application of their knowledge is best tested when they work on projects in the field. Eight, students will become more and more involved in forming their curricula. Maintaining a curriculum that is contemporary, up-to-date, and useful is only realistic when professionals as well as students are involved. Critical input from students on the content and durability of their courses is a must for an all-embracing student program. And finally, number nine, in 20 years, students will incorporate so much independence into their learning process. So much. So much. So much. That mentoring will become fundamental to student success. Teachers will form a central point in the jungle of information that our students will be paving their way through. Though the future of education seems remote, the teacher and educational institution are vital to academic performance and Nate, I know that that is a concern of some teachers, especially you know older teachers. That you know, as technologies develop, um, as automation controls our world, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, kind of phases out certain industries and certain workers and, and things like that, that that could be something that could affect education and teachers could be less relevant, less necessary in the future because learning can't, you know, you know, uh, all education is self-education, right? Like, um, and there's, there's a lot of self-learning going on. Um, but you could it's, also- it's, a, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of uplifting to hear like, okay, despite all of these changes that mm-hmm. sound, you know, pretty progressive that, um, you know, at least Henny believes that uh, the teacher and the institution are vital to academic performance, even as the times change. I would that's the argument that I'm kind of leaning towards, not just out of like optimism, but the fact that there is so much more out there now. Like, how do you navigate? You're just going to have like a 13 year old for like some can, but you need a lot more guidance. I think maybe nowadays with everything that's available, all the different jobs that are now out there versus maybe in previous generations. So I think I would argue that teachers probably do have, you could argue that there's more of a vital role for teachers and the necessity to help students you know, understand all this technology or, or all the information and be able to piece it together or to guide them when they make mistakes, you know, all these trying th- something new, you got these hiccups along the way. And so being there to, to help uh, guide that as well, I think that's kind of important there. Right. I mean, I, th- I do think the, the challenge then is, is that, you know, we as teachers are like, we must keep up uh, with 
the the evolution of technology mm-hmm. and, and the way that the classroom is changing or you know and the world is changing around us like the the onus is on us to keep up with that so technology doesn't pass us by so we can connect with our students so we can provide still relevant uh you know lessons and um education necessary for our students to succeed in the real world um you know and and so i, I think probably there will be less like spinning of the wheels you know doing the same old thing over and over again in the future as, as education changes because you really won't be able to otherwise like the world yeah. will pass you by but i still bounce a ball a lot in my room or a stress ball that hasn't really changed much in the past few years yeah no, well, but you know, you know some things never change but i will say this though too the counter argument is like i appreciate the the thought like we're trying to gear towards you know reaching every kid where they best succeed at you know like adapting this for each individual student going to the, to their strengths as opposed to their weaknesses. I think it's great for every student. But on the flip side, in the real world, you also have to learn how to do things that might not be in your wheelhouse, right? And you might not, you're not going to have a job that's going to cater to all your strengths all the time. So to be able to kind of balance those two out, like, yeah, you want to do things to develop the strengths, but also teach them, well, how to overcome if it's not your strong suit. And I think there's a lot of technology that can help with that as well. But I would just say, like, kind of putting this all together, it's we've come a long way like whether it's snow days and using technology like, my goodness there was no way when i was a kid i'm sure the same for you i never talked to my teachers outside of school right there's no there's no email i'm not making phone calls to my teacher say hey what about this or what about that we're not sending messages through classroom we're not sending messages through this app or whatever we're using a remind or this or that you know it's like i think where we've come in such a short time it's, it's crazy i think it's very beneficial but i don't know it, it's it is almost mind-boggling. It's only been like not even 20 years since I've been out of high school, you know, but all the vast changes that have taken place in that short amount of time. Um, I think it's uh, I mean, it's exciting, but it is kind of crazy how fast technology is going in the, in the world of education as well. Oh, sure. I mean, we really we truly have the 24-hour classroom yeah. now. You know, I, I remember one time when I was a kid, I had a question about a homework assignment and my um, one of my parents happened to know the teacher a little bit. Um, not terribly well. They weren't close or anything, yeah. but um, I, I remember them having me call my teacher at home <laughs> on the landline. And what's a landline? <laughs> <laughs> some, some maybe you don't know. Um, you used to pay extra for long distance. I, 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 I called one eight hundred collect. I used to have um, the those long distance <laughs> calling cards. You ever have those? Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember how terrified I was to have to do that. You know. Uh-huh. Um, and now, you know, it's like we, we get message, we get emails, we get uh, messages on uh-huh. Google Classroom, you know, like, at, at all hours of the day. And, and, and nobody thinks anything of it. I mean, no, not that they should either. Like, it shouldn't make necessarily feel uncomfortable. Kids feel comfortable. Hey, you're outside of school working on this. Yep. Send an email, send something. And even for like grades back then, right? obviously grades, remember the lovely grade book. The green, uh, right the green modern. Like you had no idea book. what your grade was until you got your progress reports or your program. Like, I have no idea. No no, like, but now you can go online. Kids are checking out their Great. Well, some of them are checking. Out. Some, yeah, they don't care. You had to ask the teacher, and and then to do it, I mean, they would have to mm-hmm. do the math right there to give you your grade. So I remember my brain already hurts. You did it sparingly and cautiously because you knew you had to catch your teacher at the right moment or the right mood because, you know, like if you, they were having a rough day and, you, and they had to stop mm-hmm. what they were doing to go open, find their grade book, open it, find your class, and then calculate your grade for you. Yeah. When chances are, if you're asking them for your grade, you're probably not rocking 100, yeah. percent you know. So they're already probably a little disappointed in you to begin. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, well, I, I don't know about you. I'm uh, rather than nervous. I'm kind of excited about the way things are kind of changing over the years. Like we we get to do so many 
cool things. Oh, absolutely. Now that we never would have had the opportunity to do if we were doing this job a while back. Um, we wouldn't be sitting here doing this right now. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, proof, uh, case in point right here. Um, yeah, so uh, lots to look forward to. But uh, when we come back, a special guest. Special. Stick around. The views and opinions expressed on Pod for Teacher are solely those of the authors and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Freedom Area High School or the Freedom Area School District. Any account of this podcast without the written consent of Polly Shore, the weasel, hey buddy, is strictly prohibited. We have a phone now? How about that? I, I suppose we better answer, right? Pod for teacher, Aaron speaking. Aaron. Brad Baldwin? Holy. No cow. way. Oh my gosh. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm I miss good. you, Fitzy. Well, what about me? I miss you too. What about me? Wait, Nate's there too. You don't, you don't care about me. You just No, Nate, up. I had no idea you were in the middle of I tried to fire him, but he just keeps coming back. <laughs> Oh, man. Wait, you guys recording right now? Are you on the pod? We are on the pod. When, when no I... way! <laughs> you remember the pod? Faithful listeners. Oh, man. But, but the... Oh, I miss you guys. Oh, we miss you too, buddy. How are things? Things are going well. Yeah, it was uh, crazy the first couple months just trying to get settled and figuring out new curriculum, new house, new, uh, new everything. <laughs> but it's going well now. Oh, it doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> Glad to hear it, man. How are the... How are... How are the youngins? It could be way worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> how, are the, how are the bald twins? Oh, they're good, man. Ten months, they're getting big. Are they less bald? <laughs> they are. Uh, <laughs> Isaac's got a full head of hair, and Caleb is uh, rocking a mullet. <laughs> yes. I hear uh, the mullet's coming back. Are you rocking a mullet? So. Are you rocking one? So. Um, if my son will, then I will. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> nice. you feel like you have to in solidarity, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yager style. <laughs> <laughs> now, now down to business here. Let, let's let's address the elephant in the room. Bradley Baldwin. Oh, Bradley Baldwin. Are you still listening to the pod? I am. Oh, <laughs> uh, now he could be lying. And if so, okay. How is Chris? No, I texted you guys after I listened to it. It was awesome. <laughs> how how is Kristen doing? K Mills. How's she doing in your opinion? Now she's not actually here with us. She couldn't be with us. Like she's taking a break from us. I think we wore out a little bit here, but but we got in her absence, we can take the opportunity to yes. to get get people's true thoughts. We got you know. <laughs> well, I just want to say I wish Kristen was here because I would love to talk to her. Um, <laughs> she's she's crushing it. Yeah. Couldn't ask for a better fill-in. <laughs> she's she's the new star of the show. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's uh, she definitely took the reins with it, didn't she? <laughs> she's yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, the, the, on this episode, where which we've which we're calling "Back in My Day," we're talking about how things have changed in education over the years, um, uh, and how quickly they've evolved, specifically over the past twenty or so. Um, walk us through your experience with technology in a classroom. Like, what did it look like during your time as a student, a student teacher, and now as a teacher across districts? Now, full disclosure, he is just a few years younger than us. <laughs> not, 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 but we all have different yeah. experiences, oh, I know. I know. right? right? I'm curious, though, just those few years, how different those few years are. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm 31, but I've only been teaching for, uh, this is my fifth year. Fifth year? Yeah, I think so. Five or six, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, within those five or six years, it's changed 
dramatically. Uh, let's see. When I was student teaching, I had first learned about Quizlet Live and Quizlet. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Actually, it was live around then. I don't, I don't I never even uh, heard of Quizlet Live. <laughs> now we have. Quizlet, yeah, Quizlet. I used Quizlet for student teaching. I don't know if Live was around yet. I think it might have been, but okay. either way. Uh, and Nearpod, those were like the two oh, yeah. go-tos for uh, integration with technology. And then um, I found Kahoot, which was a game changer. Literally get the pun. Uh, that was an excellent pun, sir. So I, see, pun. I see Fitzy's uh, effects haven't worn off on you entirely with the puns. That's good. That's great. <laughs> this is an interview to get back on the podcast. <laughs> um, let's see. Kahoot was great. Um, actually, I just learned a new one yesterday that I tried for the first time. It's called GimKit. Never heard Did of it. Did you ever hear it? How do you, how do you spell that? G-I-M-K-I-T. Oh, so just exactly like it sounds. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's like Kahoot on crack. Okay, okay. Like, but, 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 like good, each other and, but good school and, appropriate crack. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like like not Tyrone Bigham's crack. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Pixie Stick crack. Okay, I got it. All right. Major distinction there. Am I allowed to say this stuff? I don't remember. You did, sure. Yeah, yeah. You don't work here anymore. <laughs> It's, uh, Gim Kit's really cool. The kids got into it. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's always changing. There's always new strategies. There's always new um, apps or devices. Um, I know that when I was student teaching, students' smartphones couldn't hook up to what we were doing. And now in class, like, we have, we have laptops. It's still one-to-one here. But they don't even use their laptops half the time for the games because it's easier with their phones. So, uh, n- now that you gave a great description, um Kahoot on crack. Is there anything else about the app that we should know, or is it, is it basically? <laughs> uh, it's pretty user friendly. I think you can only have five uh, games for free that you can create. But I found a game. Uh, I'm teaching the things that they carried with Tim O'Brien, and uh, I found one that had like 85 questions on it, which was awesome just to practice uh, for the test. But no, I think it's uh, it's pretty cool. Kids got into it, and I liked it. Honestly, it was, it was fun. I played in with them. Some of the students iced me and I iced them back. <laughs> <laughs> so then in, in, uh, in your experience, some of the technology, like when you're creating maybe new lessons or curriculum or anything that needs to like guide instruction, is, is technology one of the big driving factors as to what you come up with? Or is it more of a supplemental thing? Or how do, how do you kind of go about integrating it and thinking about it and the role that it plays like, in your own classrooms? Honestly, I kind of start backwards. Um, Thanks to Aaron, he's he was the man, mentor, teacher. Uh, you were so much think, too kind. Like wow, why is he still sucking big... up to you? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like the big ideas. Let's all want the students to know, and then I kind of plan backwards from there and look and see like what what do they need to know? What do, what kind of ideas? Um, what kind of skills do they need to learn? And then from there, I'll kind of figure out how I can sprinkle in technology. Um, like with the things they carried, I, uh, we just had a, a unit test yesterday, so I had or today, so I had them do that as a review and something new that uh, our technology coach had sent out a couple weeks ago. Um, kind of like Ron used to do, like strategy of the week. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of like that. So I, I um, decided to try it out, and I don't know. It just I, I, that's how I feel with technology integration. Is you just have to try it out and see if it works. If it doesn't. Have a couple more classes to try something different. <laughs> and, and I will say this on a side note: I, 
I appreciate the fact that every time we talk with you, I think we mentioned even when you were still on the pod, how you always sound like you're interviewing for a job with like these terms you're throwing out there, like planning backwards and also like <laughs> understanding by design. And you're like, I had a lot of interviewing this last summer, so it's just still fresh in my brain, I guess. <laughs> it, it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, so to your point, Brad, uh, like one of the things we were talking about before was um, about how, you know, to us at least, like the, the way that tech or the way that edit is changing over the like what is changing now as it has changed and the way that it's going to change is kind of an exciting thing for us. Like I get um, a little tingle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, <laughs> like, like, like ASMR. Like, like Christmas morning. Oh, no, don't do that. That's terrible. It doesn't, doesn't have the same effect. Awful. Sorry. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know rolls. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know like we we said about how like it, it's going to be harder and harder for teachers that are maybe more traditional to kind of spin their wheels and do the same thing without kind of getting on board um so we we've all heard the phrase lead follow or get out of the way is that something that you think could be applied to implementing technology in the classroom or is there still room for some analog teachers out there uh man that's tough um my philosophy is sort of lead, follow, get out of the way. But, I mean, it's tough with some subject areas. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, math's a tough one. None of us are math teachers. But I'm, I'm sure there's technology out there that math teachers can use. But once you get comfortable teaching something and you find that it works, I think it's appropriate in some scenarios to kind of do your own thing. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think we have it made as uh, history and ELA teachers because we have a little bit more freedom to, to integrate technology and, and um, like our bell ringers or writing prompts that we can just throw up a Socrative real quick or a Quizlet Live or Kahoot or whatever and, and make it fit. Um, so I think, I don't know, I think everybody does their own thing as long as they know that it, they, they reflect and find that it works well. You use like a walking billboard for this technology. I love it. It's like a Rolodex. <laughs> like throwing this out there, throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's play. How do you guys feel about it? Um, like, you know, kind of like, it's like we all still use old, older, you know, traditional methods from time to time. I think, like, I think a variety, variety is always a good thing, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that, you know, it, it, as technologies evolve, if you fail to kind of, try to keep up with it and learn as, as they go, it's like you, you will become less relevant to your students. And maybe it, it'd be, I think it'd be harder for you to prepare them for the world um, that they're going to be going into shortly after they, they have your classes and things like that if, if you're not willing to try to um, kind of keep up with those trends yourself. I would agree. Yeah, that's definitely a fair point of view. And I would say too, like people who still do things without as much technology, there's that's, those are important skills to know too, like how to adapt and how to work. So oh, no doubt, it's not like you just like, get rid of all paper and you get rid of all this. And so, like having a good balance, I think is kind of a, a vital key there. Mm -hmm. um, another part, not just technology, but we reflected, you know, briefly on the fact of snow days and how sometimes uh, some states and even our state is trying to shift away from just having snow days, maybe cyber snow days and things along those lines. If you know, I'm not sure if you do or not, what your district's uh, policy on snow days is and what's your take on the movement to implement cyber snow days to avoid cancellations no i know that they've talked about it here uh, but they haven't they haven't built them into the schedule uh i think it's probably one of those things where see how a couple districts do and with the cyber school days and, and go from there but um no i think it's I, I think both of you brought up valid points and i think 
you do have to stay up with technology um, to keep the students prepared for college and, and life after or whatever they decide to do after high school uh, because technology is driving the world right now. <laughs> uh, the robots are coming for our jobs, right? I'm not sure if a robot wants to teach my classes, but maybe. Maybe they do. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I think I had a robot well, once. Well, let's, well, let's, let's have a Siri. <laughs> are you trying to say most history teachers are robots? Is that what you're trying to say? I there, Fitz? Is not, that the generalization? Not at all. Is that? Not at all. There are some robot teachers out there. That you're like that, that one scene from uh, Men in Black where they pull up all the aliens up on the screen and the one teacher's like yelling at them. Yeah. <laughs> How class. <Water. laughs> Well, Brad, we get um, you know, let's let's get away. Uh, for, for, we have one more question for you, but just to get get away from the the wonkier sides of like, the discussion Did here. You just say wonkier. Oh, yeah. oh, I miss these wonky discussions. <laughs> oh, I, I know, I know. We miss you too. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you could travel back in time with your class in order for your students to experience something from the '90s, what would it be and why? Doesn't have to be education. Man, something from the nineties. Something from the nineties that like that you've experienced that you that you enjoyed maybe that like you would love just just for them to have that context. If you could take them back with you and like, so they could see what it was like to do something or to experience something, what would that be? Listen to good music. Oh, <laughs> all right, Grandpa. Here we go. Yeah, but 90s, like, but, but, man, that was. But that, that music was still exists, though. Like, like you can still listen to the '90s music. Like, what's yeah, like, what's something don't. that's that's that, a problem? That is a problem. Yeah, I agree. Oh but. my goodness! Don't get me wrong. I like my Post He's pretty good. But <laughs> third eye blind. Oh man. I got you. All right. What about Nirvana. you? Nate? Yeah, you can't go wrong. <laughs> How about you guys? What did you say? Or did you answer well, we, this? No, he just, he just threw this out. I just I'm threw it out there. To, something from the 90s that they could experience firsthand. How about, as a kid, I appreciated TGIF, you know? TGIF, like Steve Urkel, that time as a Pro, family. Television programming. Yes, yes. SNCC yeah. on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. oh, man. So you had your TGIF on Friday. You had your mm-hmm. SNCC on Saturday. Uh-huh. You had, wasn't oh, Sunday, uh, Sunday was... Um, Hey, like on Nickelodeon, they had like that Nick News W five. They had like the news show. I have for no the idea kids. what you're talking about. No, okay. no I, I actually remember that. Yeah, yeah, Linda <laughs> Ellerby hosted it. Remember <laughs> Stick Stickly? Man, there were some good cartoons. So let me let me just say, like, even though we don't like being called old, we're really making ourselves sound old by saying, "Oh, it was so great." But I remember this and I remember that. <laughs> Big Nothing. League Chew Bubblegum. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know what I was thinking? I um, what about like uh, uh, video rental stores? You know, like before oh, Netflix, like, like Hollywood Video and Blockbuster. Yeah, like where where you had to go and, and you had to be kind of taken in by not just the title or what you'd seen on TV, or the but smell. like taken by the, the smell. Oh yeah, the, the yeah the popcorn <laughs> smell and the you know whatever the candy and but the um you know you'd have you were kind of like if you didn't hear the title you you were basing a lot of it on what the cover of that movie looked like and you know and how many copies of it there were like if there were a ton of copies you were like wow that must be a pretty popular movie. Now let me do you actually honestly want to go back to that like from the streaming and all the acting like I don't want to I go back to that I don't miss that I I don't miss the I mean it's not convenient correct? you miss the nostalgia of it right right but that's what I mean you're like, an for, old soul for, for students of today I gotcha to like like they, that's something that they either never experienced or they experienced it maybe a, just a bit when they were just little you know like the, those are gone by the wayside obviously um, <laughs> yeah I still have a blockbuster video. Actually, the, the the video you let me borrow that I have at my house right now has a Blockbuster sticker on it. By the way, <laughs> it really, I was like, did Brad, did Brad steal this from Blockbuster? <laughs> so that's why they're out of business. Block, <laughs> Blockbuster, if you're listening, Brad, sorry. 
I'll <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Back to you. Just give me a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Oh man. On a side note, I just now noticed what what are those socks you're wearing there, Fitz? Ah, okay. So so our you know like I'm, I'm wearing a green shirt. Yeah, this this is totally lost on this format, by the way. Um, <laughs> Put yourself, use your uh, your imagination. Here. Last year we did a Christmas sock exchange. I remember. Now I know we're <laughs> supposed to wear our Christmas socks a day next week. I can't remember which day. I hope you wash them. Uh, of course, Sunday <laughs> Sunday's laundry day, my man. Um, yeah. But in the in the meantime, I'm wearing a green shirt. The sock, the Christmas socks are green. They're super comfy, and they're like the only pair I own that stay up the whole day. And so I'm going to wear these. Where you know, tis the season for the llama socks that Steve Mott got me last year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, they make things where you can like clip your socks so they stay up. You can buy them. Like, like those suspenders guys, for like those, socks. Like those old guys, and yeah. like you know, they're wearing their like white t-shirt and their uh-huh. boxers, and they clips in. Uh-huh. Just oh, like man. them. Yep. <laughs> well. uh, uh Bradley, any uh, any exciting plans for the holiday? Um, probably try to see my family at some point. Um, so you mean your kids? When I come in, You're talking about your kids? <laughs> but no, we uh, we'll take it easy this this break. We haven't really had time to just kind of chill and just not do much. So looking forward to the slow time, the holiday season. <laughs> How about you guys? Well, yeah, pretty much the yeah. same. I'm just you know, just like low key, spending time with the family. Looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, hard hard to blame you there. You've had had a very busy <laughs> last year, and uh, uh, absolutely. But uh, and I and I think I mean I speak for everybody here. And when we we you know we didn't want to tell too many people that we were going to be uh, talking to you for the pod. We wanted it to be a little bit of a surprise. But um, the the ones that we knew that knew we were talking to you, they're like, oh, we miss Brad. You know, we, we hear we hear daily how much people miss you around here. So. Um, everybody says hello. Everybody misses you. Wishes wishes you well, and and Amanda and the kids. And um, hope you guys have a have a have a great holiday and enjoy your time off together. Yeah, we kept it on lockdown like the final episode of Seinfeld. Nobody knew who the guest is today. No, we were keeping that close to the vest. There's only so much room in the studio. We like, we, we couldn't be mobbed at this point. <laughs> but no. Oh, I miss you guys, and I hope you have an awesome holiday with the with the families and. Nate, tell Amy and the girls to say hi. Oh, I will. Now, if Amy listened, she'd hear it from your own mouth, but I'll just I'll pass along the info. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much. How's the niece? She's great. Uh, she will be two in February, and she is a handful. Of, uh, my, oh, okay. <laughs> but she's a handful that I can hand back to my brother whenever she becomes <laughs> one. So uh, being an uncle is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, that's a life, I'm telling you. All right. Well, thanks, thanks yes, buddy, thanks, for taking buddy. the time to, uh, to call in. Glad and, things are uh, going well. Um, yeah, maybe one of these days we'll be able to, to, to do this all in the same room again, huh? Yeah. And I get, awesome. get K Mills back too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. All right, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. This is Uncle Griff. Don't go anywhere. Pod for Teacher. We'll be right back. Pod for Teacher is brought to you by the Oregon Trail arguably the greatest computer game of all time, and the reason why an entire generation knows just how to avoid dysentery. I had dysentery once. Did, did, you, did you not play the Oregon Trail? I didn't learn my lesson, but I didn't die from it. <laughs> exactly how much game to harvest without overloading the wagon 
and when to ford the river. What a fun episode. What a fun, you know. That really not, was. Not too heavy, you know, but it was good. Obviously, talking to Double B, that was really nice. Um, but like always, we like to reflect. So, Mr. Fitzpatrick, what have you learned? I learned that I miss Brad Baldwin more than I thought I missed Brad Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do text a lot, uh, but that's cute. You know, we do. It, it, it is, you know, like we, we text a lot. I got to see how my buddy's doing, you know. I mean, aside from being a, being a, uh, a good friend, I mean, he he was my mentee. Like, you know, I feel Aww. partly responsible. Um, no, he. Uh, uh, so yeah, that was the first time I've you know even like kind of talked to him on the phone a little bit. So it was, it was good to hear from him. Yeah, I wish wish Kristen could have been here for that, but right. uh, absolutely, we'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Yeah. Um, no, uh, on the topic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of we've kind of uh, come full circle like on this issue i mean i, I do think that um just like anything in education like uh, you know uh a little bit of everything you know of a varied instructional technique is going to be good um so older ways to do things um doesn't mean it's bad like old that, does not mean bad nope. old does not mean we got to get rid of it you know but um open-mindedness i think is key i think that's what we're learning here that um that we've seen you know th there are things that we used to love to do when we were students um, when we were student teaching and maybe even earlier in our careers and there are things we love to do now. And, um, it doesn't mean that the, that those things that we don't do anymore were bad things. It just means that, Hey, you know, um, the challenges that have, you know, arisen since that time and um, the needs of our students have changed. We also needed to change to kind of meet those needs. And, um, I think we're going to, you know, it's, it's on us to continue to do that, continue to look for opportunities to, uh, to challenge our students and look for, for ways to meet their needs because ultimately at the end of the day, our goal is to prepare them for the world they're about to enter. Um, this, this, you know, quote unquote real world that we always speak of like that. I'm going to um, get there someday to the real world. I like that. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, sometimes I'm thinking, you know, like a, I have a question. I'm like, I need an adult. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> you know, that's me. We're, me and the llama socks, the adult. <laughs> For but, me, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think sometimes people we can you know, have extremes like, oh, all technology, we got to burn all the books. No, we're not burning books or anything. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> there still is a time and a place for the way things have been done. But I agree completely about it being open minded, and it got me thinking. If you look at almost any area of society, any industry, any like they've adapted, right? They've done things like think of the medical field, like everything's now they bring in an iPad to check your charts, right? It's all digital. But there's certain things that they've done things that they haven't changed in the medical field, how they handle different um, you know, issues or illnesses or how they treat different like, So some things stay the same, but they've also changed with society to make things maybe more efficient or more beneficial or whatever it is. And I think you can find that across the board in a lot of you know, different jobs, different fact, uh, factors in society. So I think education is just another prime example where we can do those sort of things. And I think it's cool that in education you get to do it. And it's, I don't know, just see like, see, uh, Younger people work with things. I'll tell you this. I learn things from them. Like they're, they're able to show me a lot more than what I can show them when it comes to at least technology. And then I'm able to kind of try and incorporate that or learn stuff new. So I like the back and forth that way. Um, that's something that I didn't really have when I was in school. There was no like back and forth in terms of what am I teaching my teacher, right? You're just in there. You learn the content. Mm -hmm. You don't really get those opportunities. But I think in our society today, there's a lot of, that we as teachers can learn from students as well. So I think that's Absolutely. Kind of cool. Yeah. So, with that being said, that's all the time we have for today, folks. We'd like to thank our good buddy, Bradley Baldwin, Double B, for calling in. Follow us on Twitter at Pod for Teacher. 
I'm at Nlangeli. AA runs at A Fitzpatrick C J E. And Kristen, even though she's not here, she's still in the Twitterverse. At K Milanovic. Please subscribe and rate. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you found our pod. Reviews help more people find us and connect. And we really, really, really appreciate it. So, thanks for listening. Happy holidays. I know you're going to celebrate celebrate Festivus with me, right? Oh, yeah. Get your uh, pizza strength. Got your oh, yeah. Airing of grievances. Airing. The no. list is growing. Now, I think some people practice that part of the holiday year-round, listing grievances. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Got the poll set up. We're ready to roll. All right. But thanks, everyone. Take care. I'll see you next year.